0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Talking The Cure, Hogan Lovell's life sciences and healthcare podcast. It's been a while since we decided to take an extensive summer break, but today we're coming back with Christian DiMarro, who I was able to convince to talk to me about his job and how he's looking at the industry. As always, I'm trying to keep the entry short, so let's jump right into it. Welcome, Christian, to Talking The Cure podcast. Hi, Julius. Thanks for having me. Christian, before I start my interrogation with all the questions, <laughs> could you give me a quick kind of update on yourself? Where do you sit? What is your practice? What what are you? What's your job at Hogan Lovells?
1: <laughs> a pleasure. Um, I'm a, I'm a partner in the Milan office of Hogan Lovells. I see myself as a as a product law lawyer, which means that I do litigation work mostly for life sciences clients and I do some regulatory work on new products so mostly for new tech um, industry uh, so whenever a new product is launched in market um, I help clients on issues like uh, product information, labelling and um, similar things.
0: for my info and tell me if i'm wrong so but you're not only in uh, milan right you're from time to time in paris as well yes my connecting question is are you fluent in french as well so would you be able to work in paris and advise clients there as well (laughs) somehow (laughs) on french on italian law
1: (laughs) that's what i what i do sometimes i'm quite fluent in french i'm a, a I'm a French lawyer so I qualified also in
0: Oh wow, I didn't know that France
1: and, um, and uh, yes I'm actually in between the two offices. I go back and forth Milan and Paris and, um, and I assist French clients uh, who have businesses in Italy uh, and it's only re- with reference to litigation work but also on any other. Um, matters. I do sort of point of contact for French clients who love have a law, having a lawyer who speaks who speaks their own language.
0: Yeah, I'm happy that I asked the question because I f- feel that is pretty important and pretty impressive that you're actually able to advise clients on Italian law and French law, and you're actually able to speak their. F- you have to tell them those people. <laughs> you have to tell this kind of stuff. That's important. <laughs> um so if you would be able so you said you do some regulatory work you do a lot of litigation um specifically um product liability um is is there one part where you say okay this is kind of the thing i pref- not prefer to do but i'm really focused on and this is something i'm uh, i'm i don't know efficient the most efficient or like the thing I really prefer to do is there something like that?
1: Sure, I, I'm actually a litigator, so the uh, thing I like most is um, litigate cases for for, for clients, mm-hmm. and uh, and I do this mostly, if not exclusively, for for, for life sciences clients, particularly in, in, in the product liability space. So I see clients. Um, who are involved in, in, in litigation, provide patients for those events um, or sometimes uh, in, in commercial litigation with, um, in, in related to, it, to the quality of, of their products. Uh, but this is what I like most.
0: Mm-hmm. And um, why did you turn to life sciences? How, how, how did that happen?
1: In, in this case by chance when i joined um at that time it was lawyers uh, mm-hmm. 16 years ago um i started working w- one of the biggest case uh the team was handling um was was a product liability case for for a big pharma a very interesting case involving a, a drug which was uh, withdrawn from the market a multi jurisdiction case uh, was facing litigation in literally all uh, jurisdictions uh, across the globe and uh, and that's that that's that was my actually actually my first case uh, involving life sciences products and and I discovered that uh, I was absolutely passionate by uh, by this type of, of cases uh, I had to learn a lot about the drug uh, and about the, um, the different it's, adverse effects that the drug might have, and, 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 and we've been trained on the scientific and technical defenses that we should use in, in, in Italian mitigation. And, and it was also a great opportunity to work with colleagues across, across the various offices. Um, so, that was my first meet with Life Sciences World. And, uh, I was completely fascinated
0: and the story continues till now yes <laughs> <laughs> um and is there any chance so looking back at your history as a litigator anything which stands out obviously we can't tell names or anything but from a from a meta perspective anything which you say okay this is probably one of the greatest and Interesting matters I've worked on in the career I had so far.
1: That was the, the the first big case I was mentioning actually, because the the case was strategic for the client. I I had the opportunity learned a lot also about how clients tend to handle litigation and the strategy that is behind that. So it, it, it's also a way to see things beyond what happens in, in, in a courtroom and beyond the actual result of, of, of the litigation. I mean, we've been incredibly successful. We had like 50 different cases and we won uh, 49 of them. So that, wow. was, that was a great success. But I learned over the years that being a successful litigator not always means winning cases what is most important uh, more important is to help the client going through litigation they're facing
0: yeah you actually already trying to steal kind of my upcoming question on the question I always ask behind this what's your philosophy when it comes down to representing clients how do you actually see your job what is if if you introduce yourself to somebody and say, "I'm a, obviously you say, I'm a lawyer, I'm a litigator, and they say, yeah, interesting. So tell me a bit about it. So how do you see yourself in the position you are in right now?
1: Well, the vision of <clears throat> myself as a lawyer and litigator has changed over the years. When I, when I started my career, I thought that, uh, of course, I wanted to be a good litigator. Uh, and a successful one, I thought that the only way to do so was to win in cases, you know, that's what we do. We, uh, we, we go in courts and uh, we defend our clients and, and, and the main goal is to, uh, to win. Yeah. Uh, but then over the years, I realized that, as I was saying before, winning the case is not always the, the best outcome uh, for, for clients. On one hand. On the other hand, uh, even if you are a strong case, uh, you have a strong case, the outcome of litigation is uh, unpredictable and uh, in many cases is not depending on the way in which you do your work. Uh, There's so on different variables. So I I realized that, you know, uh, for clients in litigation, when you are a corporate lawyer you have clients closing deals and, and making money when you are a litigator you are supposed to have clients handling really with a very painful uh, situation and in most cases this that does not only mean winning case uh, but helping the client understanding the strategy whether it's better for the client to win the case or settle for example so it's um i've learned over the year that being a good litigator is much more than simply winning the case
0: that's a very good answer <laughs> <laughs> uh, i don't know that. is it is it somewhat of a kind of guide through crisis even um, of, of, of course i understand that not all litigation come through crisis but it's always a pretty stressful situation when you're it in is. it's a conflict you're in a conflict and you guide are you trying to guide the client through this kind of stressful situation so you're not counsel. your counsel and guidance
1: yes that's that's basically what what we try to do i mean i agree litigation does not Always come through a crisis, but I consider it a crisis itself because it's a it's, it's a very stressful situation. As you were saying, uh, clients internally need to reassure their own clients within the business uh, within the company. They are not happy uh, with litigation that might at some point affect their own business. Um, so yes, we that's what we do. I mean we. We help clients taking the right decision and, and, and conveying internally the right messages uh, about what, what is going on
0: uh, in the situation. Interesting. It's a cool perspective to, to have. Coming down to guidance and uh, leadership, and um, you are the head of the your life sciences LAE group. Is this part of your kind of leadership strategy when it comes down to talk to colleagues? And how do you see yourself in that position? And what do you think makes the litigation, arbitration and employment practice so strong regarding life sciences at Hogan levels? As a group, I
1: mean, I'm not the only uh, leader of this oh, yeah. group. And, uh, and, and that's the... the the cool thing, I shared this, this role with uh, great uh, colleagues, great lawyers, and, and this makes um, working with this group uh, um, even more interesting. The other thing is that uh, Hogan Lovells across the globe, the globe works for incredibly clients in life sciences, and not only big pharma or, med- or medtech, but also... Startups, um, incredibly growing um, businesses. Um, that are uh, that in their space are cutting edge um, companies, and, and that what is uh, even more makes our job even more exciting. And 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 the group uh, of lawyers in life sciences and healthcare litigation group. Is, is, is a group of lawyers across the, across the world that shares experience, that in many cases work together. And it's, uh, and it's really exciting, exciting to, to meet together and use our shared knowledge of the market to be able to assist even better our
0: clients. Based on that network you have, um i want to come over to questions regarding the industry overall so we're coming out of pretty rough 18 months <laughs> incredibly busy 18 months i would say but on the other hand based on the workload and kind of the mental load you <laughs> have to face pretty rough 18 months looking out and i think this is an incredibly difficult question especially since over the last couple, the last year, nobody has seen what we've faced. Um, so where do you see, I think, the greatest challenges and opportunities for the industry? Let's say the next 12 months. And let's try to get kind of COVID a bit out of the picture. But hopefully now with all the vaccines coming around that we hopefully going to face kind of a more normal year <laughs> ideally in 2022 <laughs> uh, that, that, that
1: that's what we all hope but it's talking about the life sciences if, industry I think it's difficult to take all the double picture because I think that pandemic have uh, dramatically changed uh, also the way in, in which life sciences are doing their business and I'm not uh, referring only uh, to the new vaccines and new drugs uh, related to the public, but I m- mostly refer to uh, the transformation that uh, the, bit, the way in which uh, companies doing their business has already, uh, has already occurred, uh, I mean the digital transformation that the pandemic has, has uh, created has already changed and will continue changing the way in which the uh, life sciences industry are, will do their business. Uh, there's uh, an even stronger focus on personalized therapies, on their approach will be even more patient-centric. There's a new age of collaborations with, uh, uh, with businesses coming from, from totally different uh, industries. And the um, entry into the life sciences space of uh, of players which uh, which are not life sciences companies, so the uh, big tech company uh, has started uh, investing a on on, on patient care. Um, so clearly um, uh, the the, the, the landscape has changed and will continue to change and this is definitely um, a a great opportunity uh, for our clients and uh, my impression is that not only our clients but but the industry has has seized those opportunities um, which um, of course will bring uh, also challenges this new way of new products, new services that uh, the industry is, is, uh, is playing and is really pushing on the market. Um, and uh, this will inevitably uh, raise new legal issues, and uh, if, 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 if I look at my area, uh, will inevitably uh, create um, uh, new litigation risks. That's where I see uh, both opportunities and, and challenges, but but it's uh, definitely an exciting uh, moment for the industry. And I'm absolutely happy to uh, be able to work with, with many of our clients um, in these this exciting periods.
0: Over the last 18 months, kind of, I know you and the other partners, you, the job you have is pretty travel heavy. And you were out and about, meeting clients, being on conferences, being in meetings, flying all over the world. With that out of the picture, at least for now.
1: I miss so much that part of <laughs> my job. Yeah.
0: How, uh, was it hard to adapt? And do you think this will come back in that kind of range you had over the last uh, before the, the pandemic hit
1: again. I hope so. Uh, probably uh, it will it won't never be exactly the same as it was uh, for, for a number of reasons. Uh, but I really think that meeting clients in person uh, makes a little bit different. And, and of course, we adapted like everyone um, and, and And this new way of of meeting people has also uh, a number of uh, positive um, uh, rebounds. Uh, I personally used to travel back and forth, Paris and Milan also for personal reasons. And um, uh, these allowed me to spend more time with my family. So I'm definitely happy uh, for that. Uh, but I really miss the person contact with my clients, uh, uh, with people in the industry, um, because meeting people in person gives much more opportunity uh, to exchange experience, to learn from them, uh, than meeting them in uh, the uh, uh, usual uh, video conferences and our days. Full of uh, uh, meeting after meeting and uh, uh, I, that's what what i what I think is missing uh, is a more personal contact
0: hmm. so are you still enjoying a casual zoom call <laughs> definitely,
1: <laughs> I, <yeah>. definitely <laughs> so i think this this <laughs> is the only, the, <laughs> the only thing that should not change <laughs> i mean uh, I really like that, Okay. being able not to wear suits.
0: Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, But taking a look, um, we we already took a look in the glass bowl for, for the next year, but you personally, did you set yourself any goals for the next year or so?
1: Oh, too many. <laughs> <laughs> and they change, uh, uh, every, uh, three or four months. Okay. Uh, uh so, yes, uh, I have a number of goals that, um, uh, regard the, the way in which I manage my team, um, The uh, new investment that i want to to make in terms of uh, new resources um, to expand uh, the team uh, further. Um, there are goals that, that concern um, uh, the relationship with some of the clients that i want to um, uh, to improve and uh, so yeah, that's and, and 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 over the year, I'm sure that my goals will, will change. <laughs> uh,
0: Depends if we're still allow, if we are then allowed to travel more. And <laughs> yes, <laughs> and the developments that we are not foreseeing. Yeah, um, that is that was pretty insightful. What I do on this format, um, normally I'm not just talking about business it more uh, i'm trying to get a few more like personal stuff (laughs) and a few infos. so um we we already talked a bit about kind of mindset and how how you what's the philosophy behind your job and how you see yourself as a lawyer but um coming a bit more kind of into the philosophical philosophy (laughs) picture so what constitutes success in your mind? Because you are accessible. you are a partner in a, one of the biggest law firms of the world. You are successful. You are already successful. So what constitutes success? And maybe not just from a job perspective, maybe from a personal perspective as well.
1: Being successful doesn't, for me at least, uh, of course, does not mean uh, uh, only being a successful lawyer, uh, likely, uh, luckily, uh, because otherwise um, life uh, might be uh, difficult. Um, uh, so, I don't know if I'm a successful lawyer. Uh, I, I like my job and I think this is, uh, I like very much. And I think this is um, already a great success. Uh, I, I I I feel myself uh, privileged in uh, um, uh, in doing uh, a job that I like uh, with clients uh, that I really appreciate and with colleagues uh, that I love working with, who I love working with. Uh, so this for me already is a success, a success, a success. Um, and of course in 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 the personal life having a, a a job that you like it is is part of your uh personal success uh but i i have wonderful family and uh and i feel uh that i um, that i'm accomplishing um, uh, what were my uh, uh, personal ambitions. Uh, and I consider myself quite happy person, um, which I think it's... it's
0: uh, I can agree on that. I've never experienced <laughs> you in a bad mood so far, so <laughs> it makes me lucky. <laughs> uh,
1: and I think this is part of success, personal success.
0: Person. Mm-hmm. and looking back when you started out maybe you, really going back when you went to college or something um what do you wish you would have known when you started out if you could talk to your younger self and say hey maybe do a slight change there or something like that do you have anything? would love to have known before
1: uh that's that's a nice question because it is uh sometimes it's it's been one of my dreams you know being able to go back in in the past and uh, see your life and even living your life again uh not necessarily to do different Differently, uh, things that you've done, uh, but to um, live your life with the experience you you have as as uh, as um, I don't think I I would warn my young me on on on, on things or. I would suggest the young me doing things different because uh, I think that who I am is the results of the experience I had in in my life. Uh, Since I'm quite happy with who who I am, uh, I'm happy with all I've been through
0: uh, in the past. Pretty challenging. You should invest in Bitcoin in 2009. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> um um and since the job is really really time consuming um what are you doing in your spare time um on the weekends ideally so you have a you have a, a young kid um so you have two kids right yes my <clears throat>
1: my my Daughter has is uh, five months old. Yeah. So uh, my weekends are uh, fully dedicated to my family, spending time with my two daughters, uh, uh, my wife. Um, we uh, bought a new apartment, so we are renovating, which means that I spend my weekends in. Uh, also, uh, taking care of the renovation of of, of the apartment. Um, so that's 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 uh, uh, going to the market and doing groceries for um, uh, for the family. I love cooking, so weekend is uh, is my turn to prepare uh,
0: uh,
1: food for. Family, mm-hmm. um, like family time,
0: quality time with the family. Yeah, you, the people listening to you obviously can't see it, but I have, I'm facing the same <laughs> right now. <laughs> <laughs> Renovating is, uh, yeah, quite an experience, <laughs> it is, but it's,
1: it's, um, like any, um, handcraft work, uh, it helps you. Uh, you know, uh, relax, uh, focusing on very um, on not, not intellectual things, uh, which helps a lot, I
0: think. I, I completely agree. This is the, the biggest thing I take out of it. It's not just, <laughs> just doing something and not just right. <laughs> turning the head around all the time. So thank you, Christian. Um, that's it for today. Thank you for taking the time um, i know you're incredibly busy i enjoyed it really much i hope we learn a bit about you and people enjoy our conversation so thank you for joining me on talking the cure
1: thanks to you julius i'm a big fan of your podcast so i'm excited to be in it thanks a lot
0: <laughs> thanks bye that's it for today if you have further questions for christian i'll link his bio on context in the description below If you haven't subscribed yet, please do so as we are now back with new episodes. For all news and developments around global life sciences and healthcare, follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter. I'm looking forward to have you back in about two weeks when we're talking The Cure.